Shows. It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I look at Oklahoma first and foremost as as a team that, to be candid, I think is a little undervalued at this point. You've heard me all week talk about above-the-line teams, below-the-line teams, about how in college football over the last, let's say, decade-plus, we've had that line right at about two, maybe three teams in the sport that we really believe can win a national championship. I believe that this year that line has been lowered way down to 9, 10, maybe even 11. Now, should be noted, at this point in the year, Oklahoma, I wouldn't consider it to be an above-the-line team, but that can change. If there was a team out there that is not in the top 11 that I think could make a deep playoff run or make a playoff run, it wouldn't be a deep because there's only four teams, but make a playoff run and, and potentially make some noise, OU is one of those teams. Who was that? That was Gus Johnson. He's calling the game on Saturday. <laughs> That's Joel Klatt uh, talking about the Sooners uh, being one of those teams that's outside of kind of the top 10 or 11 uh, of teams that have potential to make the playoff and, and maybe contend for a championship this year. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think that we still, because of the way last season went, have a lot of questions with this team, and I think that's a good place to be. Um, I think I think there still are questions to be answered. You know, there's there's a lot of things that have looked like we hoped and maybe even exceeded what we hoped. And then there's been some things that are lagging a little bit behind. And frankly, one of those areas that's lagging, in my opinion, is the offensive line. But that doesn't mean that they can't get their you-know-what together in a hurry. I think talent-wise – they have the, the potential to do just that. Well, if they do, if they get uh, get their butt in line, or what what did you say? How exactly did you say it? Um, they're you know what. Yeah, they're you know what in line. Then I'm gonna feel really good about this team here moving forward because I just don't see a drastic drop off of any of the good things that we've seen up to this point. Like I, I don't think that we get to a point this year outside of injury and magically the linebackers aren't good anymore. Magically, the corners can't cover. Magically, the safeties are, are, aren't playing at a high level, right? Magically, the wide receivers, some of the things that we've seen down the field in the open field aren't happening anymore. So if this team can get it figured out in the run game, and that's a big if, I absolutely think Joe Clatt can be right. And, and what did he say? Like A team outside the top 11 that can really contend yeah. for a championship? Here's, here's who he's talking about. He's talking about LSU. He's talking about Alabama. He's clearly talking about OU. He's talking about North Carolina back at 17. He's talking about Dion at 19, Miami at 20, Tennessee at 23, just to highlight some teams. So based on what I've seen from some of those teams that I've listed, like if there is a team that's going to make a run in the playoff that's ranked outside the top 11, yeah, hell, heck yeah, you could be that, that squad. Yeah. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. I I don't know how good anyone that we play really is. And what that schedule topic I, that we talked about all off season, it may look even yeah, worse than we thought. 
and maybe I'm even considering Oklahoma in that. You know, I think we we've got a pretty good idea on some of the stuff with the uh, with what we've got, but maybe there's still some questions that linger. Um, clearly, uh, even Texas, who went and beat Alabama, they they look beatable to me. I mean, and not even that Oklahoma would have to play the best game they've ever played. I think there's a there's a bunch of areas that we can absolutely um, get after Texas's ass. And here's the thing that I think is maybe most in our favor. When you look at the quarterbacks we play, other than uh, Kansas and UCF, right, Iowa State, it's Cincinnati to a degree with Emory Jones, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like quarterback-wise, yeah. yours is, is, you know, he looked good against he, Alabama. Been inconsistent, but, man. Been really inconsistent up to this yeah, point. Yeah, and he's, he's a pocket guy. Like, I'm not really worried about pocket guys. I'm worried about I'm worried about Kansas's quarterback more than I am anyone else. Like, that's a game that actually scares me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a guy like that can just on a, on a given day make some unbelievable plays on you, and you know, to some degree, there's not a whole lot you can do. You know, he's just going to run around, outrun your D line, scramble, and then find a guy downfield because your DBs can't cover for ten seconds. Some of that stuff, there's there's not a whole lot you can do about it. 713 says schedule could very well be harder than expected with Cincinnati, UCF, KU being surprises relative to past Big 12 powers. Well, I know John Rice Plumley is hurt right now for UCF, and it sounds like he might get back right before they play OU, but it sounds like that's that's a little bit up in the air. Like, I'll hear the point on Cincinnati being a little bit better than, than we thought. That looks like it's the, the case. Um, Kansas maybe being a little bit better than we thought, but that's not the case for TCU, man. TCU we thought was going to be the second toughest game of the year, and that's they're, they're going to be an unranked football team when they come to Norman. Like OU, yeah. OU's not going to play, unless UCF does something here in the next few weeks, OU's not going to play a ranked team at home this year. In fact, the only ranked yeah. team that they could play all year long might be Texas and Dallas. Right. Yeah, well, if if Kansas wins this week, they'll be ranked, and I think yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, and yeah, and, and they your, should, and they should be. Your point is valid. Um, I don't know. I I um, I think we sit in a really good spot. You know, we if we can continue to get better, like, I don't think we are a national contender right now. I don't think we're good enough on the offensive line. But we're still in the month of September. Right? We've got a long ways to go before you know we really need to be in, in championship shape. Like I, I know you want to be there right now and, and all those things, and we need to be against Texas and, and all that, like, I get that. I guess I'm just saying that all the signs with this team are pointing in a really positive direction. We'll see, though. I, I mean, we may go up to Cincinnati and get absolutely bullied on the offensive line, and we may be talking about, there ain't no chance this team's a, a, a postseason candidate with, with what just happened with our offensive line. But – I tend to think that 
at some point that talent is going to show up and start playing better as a group. Yeah. And, and I think that this is a – you know, as much as we've talked about the challenge that Cincinnati presents, like Danny Stutzman, I think we have an audio clip of it. He he knows what happened last year at this time. This team knows what happens last year. Like I, I'm I'm looking for this team to rise to the occasion this week against the best team that they've played, right? Because they know what happened yeah. a year ago. They don't want to go down that same road. They know the importance of this game and the challenge and all of that. Like I. I feel good about things right now. You just said things are pointing in a positive direction. I agree with that. It can really be pointing in a positive direction in about three days if they go up there and play the most complete game that they played all year long. Yeah, I agree. If they if if we go handle Cincinnati and it's I don't know by I I don't know I I think if you cover. That's that's really all you need to do against Cincinnati. I guess it depends how it all unfolds, but uh, really all you need to do is win the game, honestly. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, if we do so in impressive fashion, maybe maybe time to start considering this team as as a as a contender. Woo-hoo-hoo. For sure, we could be in contender right? mode next week, huh? Is that what you're saying? Next week is contender week, potentially. Well, hey. I, I guess whatever. Whenever you just look, it's as open this year as I can remember it being. And I do agree with Joel uh, on that point for sure. Cue up the, the text message uh, that we got the other day that said that that was a ridiculous hot take. Um, I don't know. I think that there, there's a bunch of teams there that have an opportunity. Uh, and maybe Georgia sleepwalking a little bit, perhaps, but they were down at halftime to South Carolina. And – that's just not something that you would expect from them in previous years. Now, I do expect that they're going to get things together and they're going to ramp up and they're going to look better and better each week under a new quarterback play. And I think that could be the case for Ohio State as well and, and some other teams. But I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of teams in the mix I won't queue up that text from Tuesday, but you talking about contenders, I will queue up this. People still don't recognize us, but... <laughs> We're contenders now. Oh, I'm going to play that so many times next week if they go up there and look good. I can't wait. In case you haven't noticed, and judging by the attendance, you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, next next week has a chance to be a lot of fun. We're contenders now. Just get used to it, guys. Just get used to it. uh, I think Oregon – Definitely is. I think Notre Dame is. I think Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio State. So I said that yesterday, man, during your Wednesday sabbatical. Um, I I know the line has Ohio State favored by, what, three, three and a half? I I don't know, man. I I, I really like this Notre Dame team. If if OU's undervalued, and I think they might be, I guess Notre Dame's ranked ninth, but I still think they might still be a little bit undervalued. I like them. I, I think they're... Their, their biggest concern, though, is trying to keep all these Ohio State fans out of the stadium. Like, Georgia yeah. flooded that place in 2017. Nebraska flooded that place uh, in the early 2000s. They're worried about Ohio State taking that place over. But no, this is a this is a good Notre Dame team, and I, I'm with you, man. I, I think they went outright. Yeah. It's interesting. I can't remember the last time Notre Dame has gone into a matchup of this size with an edge at quarterback, and I think that they have that now. 
and it's totally changed the dynamic of how Notre Dame plays football. Right, sure. and it's it's a it's an interesting factor, and can they keep that up? Is this is this pace with their offense legit, or is it just who they've played? We're about to find out. Uh, okay, from the eight three two Panda in Texas, hot take: OU is running the table all aboard with three exclamation marks. Uh, Peyton says, "I think a ten to fourteen point win would be massive." I think we'll be what we thought we'd be last year, where we actually are getting better every single week. That, you know, and we haven't talked about that point enough. I definitely thought last year it would be a team in the first year that, all right, this is going to be a squad that they're going to get better week to week to week, and that didn't happen. That crucial this year, but I do feel a lot better that being the case because of the depth that they have on both sides. Yeah. I... I, I like a, I like a lot of what I've seen so far on both sides of the ball, um, except for the offensive line. Like that's the that's the one area that's lagging behind. And you know, it took a while last year for the offensive line to get in a, in a good spot. I was hoping it would happen a lot quicker this year, with with these guys being able to all play together, and. I don't know what's what's gone on. It's been like, – they should have absolutely dominated Tulsa up front. Yep. And they didn't. And I know I've been catching heat for it, but this Cincinnati defensive line, it ain't close. You got two high draft picks on the defensive line for Cincinnati. Hey, that's – we haven't seen anything like that. Now, SMU had some good dudes, uh, but Cincinnati's a lot better than what SMU was. And we had some real trouble with that defensive line from SMU. Cherokee Sooner, can we get Stutzman to work on the flop drill this week? I, I did see on Monday that you asked BV about that. <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was a pretty good video clip. Yeah. Brent, uh, it, Brent looks like he, uh, he enjoyed that one. He enjoyed that attempt from Danny. Yeah, I, that's about the only thing that I've seen from Stutzman so far to be concerned about is the his flop game. Everything else looks pretty good. Got a pick six, got a sack, got some TFLs, playing really good football right now. I know Steve's listening right now. I, I wonder if uh, he and Steve were, uh, were, were, were doing that in the backyard at one point. That's a move from Steve in his old uh, football days. That's probably where he learned it. Steve, probably where he learned it. Steve does say, I can't believe with the opt-outs and lack of depth and how we played a very good Florida State team that we we're going to fall off the cliff against a good Cincinnati team. Well, I don't think it's necessarily falling off a cliff. I think it's – we just – there's some unknown with, with who we've played. Arkansas State, clearly a horrible football team. Tulsa, clearly massively outmatched. SMU uh, was a lot closer football game than than we thought it was going to be, and that really comes on the offensive line side. That's where my that's where my concern is. I, the The two areas where I think Cincinnati has an edge, or I mean, maybe not an edge, but a, an opportunity to get some things going against Oklahoma are, number one, something we haven't really been tested on defensively is a mobile quarterback. 
and not a, like the Williams kid at, at Tulsa can move around a little bit, but Mo, Emory Jones is way better than what we saw in Williams, and they make a, a concerted effort to call his number in the running game. Option, uh, triple option, zone read stuff. They'll get him going a lot. A lot of naked boots getting him outside the pocket where he's got a, an opportunity to run or throw. We haven't seen that yet, and and that can change the dynamic on a good defense really quickly. And then our offensive line, like the problem I think most people would agree so far has been running game stuff and moving people off the ball and, and just overall consistency with that group. And we're facing, by a huge stretch, the best defensive line we've seen this one, year. One quick point, though, on Emory Jones. Um, I, I kind of I do like – where he's at right now coming into this game and where OU's defense is right now coming into this game. And what I mean by that is Emory Jones didn't play all that well last week, man. Um, what, no touchdowns, two interceptions, right around 50% completion percentage. And, right. and, and maybe he's a guy that operates with extreme confidence at all points, but if OU can get out and play well defensively early, make him make a, a mistake or two, that's got to affect his confidence, man. Like, OU has been very good in the first quarter defensively this year. So yeah. you're facing a quarterback that did not play well last week. Who knows where his confidence level is after getting beat by Miami of Ohio. I like OU's odds to start off and play well again defensively this week and the effect that that could have on the rest of the game. Like, I, I like that spot when it comes to this game quite a bit. Yep. And – I. And we talked about this in the first hour. The key to that is keeping him in the pocket. If Emory Jones is throwing the ball from the pocket, we got a really good chance to to play an outstanding game against Cincinnati. If we let him get outside the pocket, that's where the problems could arise pretty quickly. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at the 405 Burger Bar here on Main Street. Come see us. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Okay, what's first? Smokey Bear said to. First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow, you sound just like him. Then he said. If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips, because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Cole in Claremore on the text line says, forgot to text in, but yesterday was my dad's birthday. Can y'all say happy birthday to Brad Birdwell for me? I know he's listening. Booma, happy birthday, Brad, and thank you for happy listening. Happy birthday. Looks like you took a photo with Brad last weekend. He's throwing the horns down, and you are given the number one. Not nice. the middle finger, the other number one. Where is that? Uh, I don't know. It looks like some grassy area with tents all around. So maybe we're ah, that was the um, that's where the all the tailgate stuff was set up in in T-town. Is that where Sean Kingston was? Is that where he's where yeah. he's hanging out? That's right. Is that your exactly is right. that your signature go to the the OU number one there when you take a yeah. photo? You have to do something. I mean. You kind of feel like an idiot just standing there, so you have to have something that you go to, and just the uh, there's only one Oklahoma, Tyler. 
It's just Teddy just begging me back on the intro video with just the, the number one no. right there. No. <laughs> uh, also appreciate Alex. He, uh, he sent me a statement from USC head football coach Lincoln Riley. I guess the suspension has been lifted. Quote, last, what? Yeah, quote, last night I received a call from Luca Evans and we had a very candid and productive conversation. We agreed that we both could have handled the situation differently. I appreciate Luca recognizing the policies we have in place to protect our student athletes and acknowledging to adhere to those in the future. We welcome Luca back to practice and look forward to his continuing coverage of the Trojans. In quotes. You don't sound happy. Tyler. What the hell is Lincoln Riley doing? Which part? Lifting the suspension or having the suspension in the first place? Both. Both make him look like a giant D that we already know that he is. Yeah. Yes. Number one, the suspension is stupid. I guess, you know, I don't know. It sounds like the guy just heard a conversation next to where all the media was and reported on it am, am i wrong is that it's, have we learned he, anything he, else about dude, it i mean it was it was literally nothing it was it was so weird to even get bent out of shape about that and right. chip kelly even was like you can do that seriously but like the the crime in itself and what was written i think it was like a positive piece about usc too he's just he's an idiot yeah well and then you get pushback and you fold like like two days later yeah, I don't even understand. Like, if you're not if you're not resolute in your decision to do it, then I now you've basically after after two days or however long it's been of saying like these are the policies. This is what's what you have to do. What you have to go by. If you don't follow those policies, you can't be here to cover the team. I. I disagree with the implement of those policies, but if they're your policies, you have to back them. And now you cave, you might as well not have any policies at this point. Well, I'm just not. I'm not surprised that he was getting all you know all the hates locally, nationally, and he just he caved. I, I'm just I'm just glad that you and I are finally in a place 18 months later where you will call him a d bag just like I do. You're finally there. It's taken this past well, week of circumstances to happen, but you said it publicly last week and feel like you're on the verge of doing it again. I'm proud. Well, I just don't understand what he's doing. I don't understand the interview he did, the podcast or whatever it was. I don't understand that, and I don't understand this. Are you buying the conspiracy theories out there that I, he's already taken the Chargers job. Wouldn't be the first time, would it? Uh, it's not that crazy right. if it's if something like that's happened before. So yeah, I I am a little bit. There's people that are saying that, and I don't I don't know what's going on. But Lincoln, say whatever you want about the guy. I say a lot of he negative. He typically things. is very meticulous about what he says. And what he does. And in the, the, in the course of a week, he's said something dumb and done something dumb. And he typically doesn't, like, 
he's really buttoned up and methodical about those things. I just don't get it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, well, I mean, this is not the first dumb thing that he said. He, he did say at one point that recruiting to USC would be a lot easier than it would at Oklahoma. And let's check the current recruiting rankings. OU is number five overall on rivals. Top yeah. 15, don't see him. Top 20, don't see him. Top 25, don't see him. There they are with the number 29 overall class. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Just right. Just, hey, if they can just get one more commit, they'll jump Purdue in the recruiting rankings. Just one more. Yeah. A former or a future opponent, Purdue, huh? Well, uh, USC, it's still going to be like they're going to continue to press on here for a little bit before their season really gets ramped up. But when it ramps up after about, what, game five or six, they're going to be facing some brutal competition week in, week out. And I think their so. schedule, we were saying earlier that OU schedule we talked about being crap all off season might look even worse. I think yeah. USC schedule looked tough in the back end of it, and it looks even more difficult now than what we thought before oh, the yeah. year with Notre Dame on the road being a good team. Um, Utah hasn't lost despite not having their starting quarterback. Sounds like Cam Rising is going to be back for Utah this week. Um, let's see, Oregon's really good. Washington is really good. At Colorado is more difficult than we thought. So this team, this they're, team ain't going to the college football playoff. I'm just telling you right now that that ain't happening. He, so they're at Arizona State this week, which they're going to win that game. Arizona State's all dinged up, lost their quarterback, but. The, the week after that, these are the road games. At Colorado, at Notre Dame, at Cal, at Oregon, and then home against UCLA. But, you know, that's a – those are all tough games. And they host Utah in there. They host Washington in there. They could easily lose four or five games. Yeah, easily. Absolutely they can. Um, now, the other part of that is, if they happen to march this schedule, buddy, they got a hell of a football team. I just don't think that they're going to. I, Caleb Williams is really good. I don't think that he's just – I don't think that he's that level. I don't think that there is a quarterback that level that with the crap defense right. is going to lead them to those types of road wins and even those types of home wins. Just not right. there yet. Hey, real quick for uh, we hit a break, the Texas hiccup potential – was out today, and so there's low, there's moderate, and there's high, like level of difficulties for each game for Texas remaining. Boy, this yeah. makes you think that they're going to be at least an 11-1 football team at the end of the year. Um, their hiccup potential against Baylor this weekend is low. Then it's moderate against Kansas. It is high against OU. It is low against Houston. It is moderate against BYU. It is moderate to high against Kansas State. Moderate to high against TCU. Low against Iowa State. Moderate to high against Texas Tech. Hmm. There's a lot of moderate to highs in there. Let's see. One, two. Three. Three. Pretty interesting for a team that was tied with Wyoming uh, in the fourth quarter on Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what their hiccup. Well, I. You know what? I haven't seen Baylor this year, a whole lot, but 
one of the reasons Wyoming was able to to keep it close was the um, the outside zone that they run and do a good job with it. That's Baylor's specialty. So it's something to watch, and, and they're going on the road. Like, I think Texas gets the win, but I still am not totally convinced that they are a, a top-five football team. If Baylor's going to make any sort of movement and be competitive this year and salvage the rough start to the year, they'll play tough and look competitive this weekend against Texas. Yeah. Yep. It just kind of no, feels like right. Custer's last stand for Baylor for the 23 season. I mean, they've got some – Winnable games coming up, but if they really want to turn things around, they'll they'll look good and maybe beat Texas on Saturday. Yep, I agree. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next here from the 405 Burger Bowl. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. At Lander's CDJR of Norman, we are driven to serve, serving you with big savings during Ram Power Days, like 6500 off MSRP and 2.9% for a 2023 Ram 1500 or 9 grand. Auto accidents, medical malpractice, and nursing home neglect. For over 25 years, the law firm of Glass & Tabor has tirelessly fought for the rights of our clients. We have obtained some of the biggest settlements and jury verdicts in Oklahoma. Our experienced attorneys can maximize the value of your injury claim. Visit glasstaborlaw.com for a free consultation now. It's What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. Have you heard that hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yalagosny Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every single turn. That's Yalagosny Law, 405 800 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, I'll start here. Um, I know we talked about the, the Chubb injury there on Monday Night Football. Um, did you think that that was a dirty play by Mika Fitzpatrick? Ooh, I guess I didn't think about it in the moment because I was so grossed out by the injury. Um, but upon further review, I'm still going to say no. I don't think it was. Yeah. I guess he got some criticism for, for going in and going low on Chubb. Um, and he was talking today about how he's not a dirty player. He went up and told Chubb there during the game, I guess, afterwards that it wasn't intentional. Uh, I, I thought it was a good, clean play. That's tough. You're, you're an undersized DB tackling an absolute monster uh, at running back. You can't hit guys high, so – uh, you know, the next best thing you could do is go low, and I don't know. I just – I did not think it was a dirty play. No, I so, didn't either. You know, and I didn't even think he should have to respond to that, and just kind of where we are, though. Uh, I thought this was funny. Dion, I the, – the fever pitch around Colorado is – it's funny. On one end, you have every media outlet there is trying to – jump on board and get a piece for clicks. But I think that's starting to get some backlash. It was funny, and I'm sure you saw this. I think Parker uh, uh, commented on the tweet, but it was talking about how Dion's playing music, loud music during the during practice because they're going on the road to Oregon. That's the level of detail uh, you get with Coach Prime, and everyone has just kind of piled on that. But, you know, it's obviously something that every coach for the last 50 years has done 
whenever you're going on the road to a big environment. But some of the comments are pretty funny in response yeah, to that. Yeah, such as, wow, Dion is using game-used footballs in practice. This really shows he's an elite head coach and knows what he's doing. I saw the one that said they're stretching players and giving them Gatorade during practice to keep them from having injuries. Uh, that's the level of detail you're getting here with Coach Prime. Uh, it's pretty funny. And uh, that's whenever it reaches the absurd, and that's whenever people get tired of it, right, is whenever everyone is bending over backwards to try and make a point as to why it's it's special in Colorado right now. So. That was funny. Oh, one last thing about that game. They're a 21-point dog, and I guess there's a, a lot of attention going to the cleats that Oregon's going to wear. Color-changing yeah. cleats. Yeah, heat-activated, heat color-changing, vapor-edge KP dunk shoes, Saturday versus Colorado. So they change colors with heat activation. Mm. Not really my thing when it comes to uniforms, but I, I can still acknowledge that it's pretty cool. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to uniforms. I get made fun of on the text line at times for that. That's fine. Heat-activated cleats, though. Huh. Yeah. Let's just yeah, cover the 21, I boys. I, I've locked you minus yeah. 21. Let's worry about that, please. Yeah. and I know the broadcast is going to bring it up probably 50 different times. Uh, Okay, I've got a few here. We're going to make fun of Oklahoma State a couple of times. How about that? First, and if you end up on message board geniuses, it's probably not a good thing. But this is from GoPokes247. This says, Word is we are going to see a massive exodus of contributors after the Iowa State game. They are going to quit and then enter the portal when it opens. We might not have a starting 22 in two weeks. This is not an exaggeration. From what I know, it's happening. It's why Gundy is acting the way he's acting. He's getting ready to have a built-in excuse that he will absolutely blame on the players and their greed. I was right on Sanders and Muhammad. I'm right on this. The ship is sunk. It has nothing to do with OAN or that nonsense. These kids were in junior high when that went down and were totally messed up with COVID restrictions. It has everything to do with NIL money and making sure the parents and handlers are taken care of. We don't do that at all, not even a little. They will go where they will be taken care of. So, judging by this, there's a chance that the Bedlam game doesn't even happen this year because OSU didn't have enough players. That's fascinating. I I saw that. The only reason I think it holds any amount of water at all is the timing of it. It will be after game four, which means the red shirt. you can – keep your red shirt now outside of that i'd be shocked right but i don't I, who knows who knows that would be wild if they had a mass exodus of players after four games right and not have enough what to you, play for the rest of the year how would uh ou fans would uh would you be bummed that you don't get to stomp them one final time or would you laugh that they didn't have enough players to play it and i know that that wouldn't well, they'll, realistically they'll happen enough. i i know i i know yeah. but um, it's just funny to think about like even that remote possibility, like that uh, message board post is saying. Yeah, I mean they could be well, they could I, be in a really really rough spot. It's we know how much they hate OU up there. It's kind of the you know their livelihood up there to to hate OU as much as possible. This is the wrong year for them to be facing OU for the last time in a while, 
And some of that is what OU looks like compared to last year, but most of that is what they look like and what it could look like in at like a week's time from now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's fascinating. What, what percentage chance do you think? And I don't know. There's not going to be 50 guys leave, but 10 guys. I, you think there's – what percentage chance would you say there's ten contributors that jump in the portal? I still think that that's or, a, I still think that's a very low percentage. Ten different players yeah. jumping in the portal. I just I, I don't I, I know it's bad there right now, but man, that's I, I just I can't see it getting to that level where because at some point I think guys just say whatever. I I don't agree with the coach, can't stand the coach, but I, I'm still going to play out the rest of the year with my teammates. I'm just going to sit right. out for the rest of the year. Um, next one for me, Stuart Mandel. He picks games every Thursdays on The Athletic. He's got OU winning 31-24. Uh, it says, what a day this will be at Nippert Stadium with the Bearcats hosting their first Big 12 conference game against the most prestigious program to visit there since I remember Penn State coming there when I was in high school in 1992. Oklahoma hasn't been tested yet, but Cincinnati's loss to Miami of Ohio does not instill confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. What did he say? Thirty-one twenty-four. Is 31. that what you said the pick? Yeah, was? he was very down on Miami of Ohio, or excuse me, Cincinnati. But he's only got him losing by a touchdown. Well, that's that's. I think if my I think if Cincinnati plays Oklahoma thirty-one twenty-four, that they've they've done something pretty good. Um, I hope it's not that close. It could be though. We'll have to see. Danny Okoye commits to OU last night, and he references, you know, how different the program is and the feel with Brent Venables compared to Lincoln Riley, and he mentioned Lincoln Riley by name. So that statement gets put out. Desiree Ford, Trace Ford's mom, comments on Twitter and says, Trace visited during both coaches' tenure, and I agree 100 emoji. The culture at OU football has improved tremendously. So Lincoln got ducked on uh, a couple times last night. There you go. That's a nice. Um, that's a nice compliment coming from uh, a kid that hit the transfer portal, came to Oklahoma, and um, he's starting to be a big time contributor out there. He's done some good stuff. Yeah, had I a really like nice play last week. Last one uh, looks like Cam Rising is going to return for Utah this week. That line, um, I think it was like three and a half, four points. And, oh, yeah, Cam Rising's coming back this weekend against UCLA. So, that'll be big for the Utes. Wow. That's going to be a good game. UCLA's pretty daggum good, man. Young quarterback. They're playing Dante, Dante Moore. Moore. Yeah, yeah, he looks real good. Yep. yep. They run the ball. They're physical. All right. Quick time out. More from. One smile is great. But one smile in a community of smiles is so much better. Smile Train celebrates the cleft lip and palate community by empowering medical professionals in over 70 countries to perform essential cleft care in their local communities. Learn how Smile Train is helping the cleft lip and palate community at smiletrain.org/learn. Smile Train, changing the world one smile at a time. Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Talked a lot about the ESPN FPI this week because it has 
OU is the number two team in the country, the second best odds to make the college football playoff, greater than 50% chance to win every single game. Actually, I think greater than 60% to win uh, every single game left on its schedule, at least each individual game. OU has a 60% chance or higher uh, to win all the games remaining. And they have the three toughest games remaining. Um, they say oh, Texas is the toughest game. UCF at home, second toughest. At Cincinnati this weekend, third toughest. So when you evaluate the rest of the schedule, this game this weekend being the third toughest for the rest of the year, is that too high, too low, or is that dead on balls accurate? Third toughest? Yeah. Um. Gosh. By point spread, it could be. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm. I'll say yes, but you'll say dead on balls accurate that. is what you'll say. Yeah, dead on balls accurate. That's. It's hard to say at this point because I still we still don't know a, a, a lot about a bunch of these teams. Um, you know, I think going on the road in the environment is going to be a factor. Uh, you know, UCF and TCU, I think, could be really tough games, but we're playing those at home. I still don't know what to make of BYU. Do you? I, I think I think they get beat this weekend I, um, by Kansas. I, I, like, I think BYU is a probably a middle of the road, maybe towards the upper tier of the conference. I just I, – I don't think BYU they is a great team. one of the worst team. offenses in yeah. all of college football. Yeah. Well, you, you, mentioned, so, you mentioned the challenge of playing on the road, and it will be a challenge. It's just how, how much how much realistic – I mean, this is a 38,000-seat stadium that they're playing in, and it's going to be as loud as 38,000 can be. They're going to pack it in. They're maybe their biggest home game ever. But what are we realistically talking about, though, with this team when we talk about tough road game environment? I, I don't think a tough road – I don't think it has anything to do with how many – fans um i 38,000 fans whenever you look at the way that that stadium is laid out it's going to be plenty loud especially if they get momentum at some point throughout the game um i think that that's that factor and i think going on the road loud environment and a, a surprise potential from a team, and I think Cincinnati fits that bill after losing to Miami of Ohio, just because of the the nature of of how things work. You know, you have to say, well, I think we're way better than Miami of Ohio. They just lost to them, so we should be able to cruise in this game. I mean, that's just how the mind works. Even though that's not how it's going to work on the field, that's just the nature, and it has a chance to bite you at least early in the game, and. Whenever you're on the road, I with the momentum and the crowd like that could turn into that could turn into a tough place to play. Just kind of crazy to look at what Tulsa had thirty thousand, about twenty plus thousand of those were OU fans last week. Thirty eight thousand this week, yeah. and then OU's going to go to Death Valley over a hundred k, Auburn's over eighty five k. Like the difference in size of stadiums. Next year compared to this year is, uh, well, it's, it's quite staggering when you it's look crazy. at it that way, man. It really is. And Ole Miss yep. and Missouri, I mean, they're not, you know, some of the bigger stadiums in the SEC, but they'd be some of the bigger stadiums, road stadiums you play in this year. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know. Um, we'll see. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Final hour here for the 405 Burger Bar is next. 
You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take up to $72.50 off MSRP when you trade in your 2009 GM car, truck, or SUV for qualified buyers. Be part of the new and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones Buick.